we're back. Thank you for joining us, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for joining me once again. This has been a, an amazing ride so far. I've been doing this for over two and a half years, and the quality of guests that I have on and, and what they've been through and the inspiration that they share has been phenomenal. And today's going to be no different. We have an amazing person on today. Her name's Carly Robison. Thank you for joining us, Carly. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Veracity Networks. Thank you for believing in me. Um, my good friend, Drew Peterson over there runs an amazing company and they've been so good to me and they've helped uh, get the word out to this belief cast to a lot of people. So thank you. And then again, thanks to you listeners for taking the time and supporting me and believing in me. That means so much to me. So a little background on Carly. Um, she has a, a, an amazing podcast herself called A Light in the Darkness. And we're going to want to know more about why you do that. Um, it's a great podcast. Um, 11 years ago, Carly was developed some severe health challenges in order to keep herself in a positive frame mind, uh, frame of mind, excuse me. She turned to her father in heaven for comfort and direction in her life. Six years ago, she felt compelled to share things she had learned through her trials in a blog that she has. And we'll reference all this at the end, but she is a light in this world. And she's really, I've had several people tell me that I have to have Carly on my podcast. <laughs> and, um, you know, and if I, you know, when you get several people telling you that, obviously you're doing amazing work in this world. And I'm just feel blessed that you are willing to take the time to share with us today. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate being here and to be able to kind of just spread my message of, of love and, and light. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Well, why don't you, um, I mean, you, you know, you've got a family, obviously, it looks like you have four kids, right? You're married to Brandon. And you have two dogs, a son in law and a what, what the dog's names are, what, uh, Chinchilla and Loki? No, so right? in my bio, it's funny. I just, you know, tried to put some interesting things. So we have two dogs. The dogs okay. are Shadow and Jagger. Oh. But then we also just added a Chinchilla named Loki. And he, oh. I don't know, I've never liked rodent type things, but he is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my fault. I was thinking, did they name the dog Chinchilla? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, um, obviously you've gone through a lot in your life and we want to hear that. And, and, and obviously I want our listeners to know the amazing work that you're doing now to help other people, but let's give them a little background on where you grew up and a little about your family. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in South Jordan, Utah. Um, I haven't really gone very far in my life as far as that goes. Um, I live pretty close to that now, but I grew up, I'm the oldest of four children. So I have two sisters and then a brother. And we really just kind of had a traditional life growing up. Um, my dad is a doctor. And so a lot of my memories are when he was still in school because right. I'm the oldest and then doing like his residency and all of that. And then beginning his practice, he is actually an OBGYN. So he delivers babies. Oh, so right dad was at school and work and the hospital. Um, really a lot of my growing up that I remember, but we really had just kind of that traditional life. Um, right. I, I loved hanging out with my siblings. I wasn't always the nicest to them, but I did right. try to kind of do, <laughs> you know, what I could to um, help my mom as my dad was away. And that's kind of where I started. Yeah. So growing up, what were some of the things that you learned from your parents that helped 
that helped you, you know, progress in life and that even helps you to this very day? I think one of the things that they gave me, and I think part of it's just, you know, being the oldest, but um, a sense of independence. I, it's funny, <laughs> I ended up being the person that um, dealt with all the technology. And I mean, I'm old, so back then it wasn't as <laughs> difficult as the technology now. I also put a, like to put together all of the furniture. I just kind of stepped into that role of um, being kind of somebody that my mom could count on to take yeah. care of all of those things. I also just was really independent. I um, babysat my siblings a lot and did a lot of other types of babysitting. And I was just never really afraid to kind of go out and do whatever I needed to. And I think that that independence is something that my parents have given me. Yeah, I would imagine that also instilled confidence in what you were doing and in yourself, I would imagine. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what were some of maybe the things you did struggle with growing up as a kid? I mean, we all have our struggles, you know, trying to fit in and, you know, believing in ourselves and that. Uh, what were some of the things that maybe you struggled with back then? For sure. I, I have to be honest. I have a terrible memory. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I'm a pretty positive person. Uh -huh. And so I do tend to kind of remember the good times and the difficult times for whatever reason. I just, I just don't remember them. But I really... Um, I've listened to your podcast a lot. And so I knew that you were going to ask me this question. And so I've really <laughs> kind of taken the time to really try to think about um, yeah. growing up. And something that stuck out to me is I had a big desire to be happy. Um, I mm. think that is something that I remember just from, from a really young age, but really focusing on it when yeah. I got into junior high. Well, I and um, I think because of that independence and because of that um, more positive attitude that I had, I started to research it. And we didn't okay. have the Google, but we had encyclopedias. <laughs> I had um, church books, different things like that, that I really started kind of studying. How can I be happy? What do I need to do to be happy? I remember having positive quotes um, hung in my locker, right. just trying to figure out how to keep myself in a more positive frame of mind. And so that's something I really remember from quite young. Yeah, that's, uh, I, you know, I think back when I was younger, and, and that really wasn't on my mind, like, hey, I, I just want to make sure I'm happy, or I want to figure out what that looks like, and how to cultivate that. And so that's pretty impressive as a young kid that that was something that you were passionate about. Yeah, it really was. It was something that, and I think part of it was because I was feeling myself go to a not happy place when you're a teenager, and, and things are difficult. Um you know, girls and right. <laughs> boys and all of that drama that comes along with it in junior sure. high. And so I could feel myself kind of becoming less of that positive person. And I decided that I didn't like that. I wanted to, to figure out what it took for me to be happy. Um, another thing that I really kind of leaned into at that time was my faith. I am a member sure. of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I really did kind of start to lean towards that faith and develop that testimony and honestly just turning to that higher power yeah. that I know you talk about a lot on your podcast, turning to that higher power and yeah. finding strength within it. And that's something yeah. I started kind of around that same time too. Yeah, I think that's really important for all of us, whether you know, what, whatever you call it, whether it's God or a higher power, however you want to look at it. But I think that connection with the higher power is so important. And if you were cultivating that, obviously growing up, but then I would imagine that's something that today that you still 
obviously try to, you know, strengthen and, and cultivate. Exactly. That's yeah. where I get my strength from even today. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so let's just jump ahead a little bit. I mean, you know, I mentioned it, in, you know, as I read a portion of your bio that 11 years ago that you developed some very, you know, severe health problems. And what I'd like you to do, Carla, I know you have an amazing story. Why don't you just kind of walk us through your story now and just tell us, you know, what that was, what happened there, or if, if that's where your story begins, or if it's before that, but just kind of maybe walk us through your, your story and, you know, how you've overcome these difficult challenges. Yeah, I think, I definitely think the the biggest part of my life story began about almost 11 years ago. Okay. Um, and it was something that has completely altered my life. And it's complete, completely altered the life of my family and a lot of people around me as well, which is crazy to think. But I think a lot of times as difficulties happen in your life, um, that's kind of the chain of events that happens, right? right. So about 10 years ago, I um, had stopped somewhere and gotten a chicken salad sandwich. And I, something I've eaten many times, sure. um, I was driving home. I just grabbed it to go really quick and was driving home. And as I was driving, I felt this really weird, very severe itching in my mouth and my throat. Okay. And it felt so weird. And I will say that as I was a child and growing up, I had some pretty severe environmental allergies. So I remember times um, maybe playing in a field with my siblings and my eyes actually swelled shut because I was so allergic to the weeds. Oh. So I do have pretty severe environmental allergies. Okay. I don't know if that is why I realized that this itchiness in my throat was some type of an allergic reaction, but I wonder if that's part of it because I had experienced, you know, allergies and those types of reactions sure, before. Right. This yeah. one was different. So as I was driving, um, it felt really itchy. And then all of a sudden, it kind of felt like somebody was choking me. I could feel the airway in my throat closing off. Wow. And um, for whatever reason, like I said, I, I actually kind of was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm having an allergic reaction to what I'm eating. Yeah. And a lot of people, their first allergic reaction to food, they end up being hospitalized because they don't know what it is and their airway closes off. And it's very, yeah. very dangerous. That's scary. Yeah but I was really blessed and was able to recognize it. And I actually stopped at a grocery store on my way home and just picked up some Benadryl. Um, I got the children's kind because I had learned in my youth that um, that actually gets into your system faster really? because you don't have to dissolve the pill. Um, it's okay. the liquid form. Yeah. So I, like I said, I mean, it's crazy that <laughs> I knew what to do because I'd never experienced this part. But sure. So yeah, I took the Benadryl and um, it started opening my airways and the itchiness went away. So <laughs> that was my first allergic reaction. It was crazy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so over time, I um, decided I just kind of noticed that I was having those types of reactions to different things. And it wasn't always, it wasn't a chicken salad sandwich, right? It was different. It was a cookie or something different. And so I decided that I needed to keep track of what I was eating so that I could pinpoint maybe what was in my food right. that was giving me my reactions. Um, for the most part, the things that I was eating, um, there were nuts in them. So in the chicken salad sandwich, there was a cashew, there were cashews in it. Um, another reaction I had at that time was to a, a macadamia nut cookie. Um, different things like that. So over time, I, I definitely realized that I was allergic to 
nuts all of a sudden. Um, mm -hmm. I was like 32. So this was just a sudden thing. I'd eaten nuts my entire life, but that's <laughs> yeah. how it happened. Yeah. So I made an appointment with an allergist and got some testing done. And we found out that, yes, I'm pretty severely allergic to all nuts. So peanuts and tree nuts. Really? Okay. So um, he gave me an EpiPen. EpiPens are interesting. I think a lot of people think that um, maybe you could just take your EpiPen and then eat something that you're allergic to or something. Yeah. But the EpiPen <laughs> is actually a shot of epinephrine. Epinephrine is what they give you when they're wanting to restart your heart. So wow. it's a big deal. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty heavy duty medicine. Sure, so it's yeah. not something that you're wanting to take <laughs> all right. the time. Yeah. So um, you definitely, there's no cure for food allergies at this time, especially nut allergies. And um, mm. so really you just have to learn to avoid it. I got to the point where I couldn't even eat things that say may contain peanuts or was made in a place with tree nuts. I'm extremely sensitive. Dang. So that was very difficult for me. Food allergies in general are hard, but that's okay. not something that's necessarily going to alter the lives of my family, right? Like yeah. I had to kind of change. I only, honestly, I only eat what I make. For the most part, I have a few safer restaurants and I call them safer because nothing is a guarantee, right? There can be cross-contamination or anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, kind of got used to that after a couple of months of living with it, um, learning that, you know, I pretty much just have to make what I eat for the most part. And there are a few foods that I can have prepared that, um, I know are safe, kind of learning all of that food allergy world. Um, and then one day we were at my in-laws house and I hadn't been eating anything. We were just sitting, talking as a family. And all of a sudden I could feel that same kind of itchy tickle, oh. tickle that yeah. I had in my mouth, but I felt it in my lungs, which was really weird. <laughs> yeah, right. So it, um, it's hard to describe it. Yeah. Whenever you have like a tickle in your throat or something like that, that's what it feels like, but inside my lungs. And I'm like, whoa, this is weird. But I kind of, you know, wasn't paying attention to it. And then all of a sudden, it started closing off my airway the same um, as when I eat the food. And it's interesting, not everybody reacts this way to food. Some people, sure. a lot of people get hives, a lot of people um, get stomach aches, things like that. For me, it closes off my airway, which Man, is pretty that, that's dangerous. That's scary, yeah. That's very <laughs> yeah. scary. So um, I look around because I hadn't been eating anything and I noticed that one of my family members was eating some peanut M&Ms. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm having an allergic reaction in the air to these peanuts. And sure enough, I took the Benadryl and it took the reaction away. It opened my airways and that was so strange. <laughs> yeah, really. Just by it's the, not, by it, it, just through the air, huh? Yeah, it's not something I'd ever even heard of. Yeah. Um, so shortly after that, we ended up going on a cruise. And so I had to go on an airplane um, to get to our port destination, right? And um, on the airplane, I started feeling the exact same reaction. Of course, on the airplane, there's peanuts all over the place, right? They're everywhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, you know, I think we were flying to either Florida or Puerto Rico, I can't remember. So it was a long flight from Utah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so it was scary. So I started having this reaction and I did the only thing that I could think of. And I had brought Benadryl because I was having so many reactions at that time that I yeah. knew I needed to bring that. Of course, I had my EpiPen also. Sure. So if I couldn't get a breath at all, 
then I would use my EpiPen okay. as a last resort. But they would have had to land the plane. <laughs> so I didn't want to do that. Yeah, you didn't want to yeah, be the one, <laughs> oh, we got to land the plane because of Carly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I actually spent the rest of the plane the um trip like in the bathroom because i was like okay i feel like this is just my air hopefully the peanuts aren't going to get in there right so i had to, had to ride in the bathroom so that's that a long fun. time to be in the bathroom it was on a plane. in an airplane bathroom <laughs> nonetheless yeah. so anyway over time yeah it just i actually ended up being extremely sensitive in the air to peanuts and I have had reactions in restaurants. I've had reactions in movie theaters. Really, I was just noticing, I, I was having reactions almost every time that I left the house in the air, and they were the airborne because I was so careful about what I ate. And they feel different because they're in my lungs instead of, they start in my lungs instead of starting in my throat. Right. So that's kind of how it all started. And it really just kind of has gotten more and more severe since then. So, um, as I've added these airborne allergies, like I said, this is now where it involves my family. You know, we can no longer have anything that contains peanuts in our house. My kids can't eat it even out of the house and come into the house and breathe on me because I am so sensitive to it. And it got to the point where I was having maybe two or three reactions a week. And luckily the Benadryl was still taking care of it. And this is not something medically that, that people advise. They would for sure, if you're closing off your airway all of the time, definitely you know, using the EpiPen is, is what is medically recommended. But because I was having so many reactions, yeah. because I'm an adult and I really do kind of know my body sure. at that time, and the Benadryl was working, right? And so no. if it didn't work, I have one time that the Benadryl didn't work and I had to, to use my EpiPen. But other than that, I've been very grateful that at least the Benadryl works so I don't have to go to the hospital every time that I'm having these Yeah, that'd be reactions. a lot of hospital trips, sounds yeah. like. Yeah. So over time, um, like I said, I've really gotten more and more sensitive and I've gotten to the point where I can't even go inside my kid's school I can't go inside church. Um, I did try to start wearing an N95 mask. So I have been wearing masks way before they were cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're like, who's this girl? What's what she got yeah. on her face? <laughs> so it'll be really interesting to see once everybody else stops wearing masks and they see me in my mask, how the interaction is going to be different. <laughs> maybe yeah. they won't stare at me anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're like, ah, she still thinks it's going on. Yeah. Let, her, let her do her thing. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it really has, has well, changed how, all how of our you, lives. Yeah. How has your, how has your attitude been through all this? Because this is very challenging and obviously at times very inconvenient and at times very scary. How have you, how's your attitude been or how have you kept up a good attitude through this whole thing? So I think with anybody at the, this is kind of maybe how it would go. Um, as I'm dealing with it, I kind of at the beginning was focusing more on the physical, right? I, I mean, it's essentially like my body is going through shock every time. Right. And then I don't know if you've ever taken Benadryl. <laughs> Uh, it knocks maybe you once out. or twice. Yeah. It's yeah pretty, uh... but it's, I mean, it's potent stuff. <laughs> so the more that I've had to take it, I've now kind of, I, I, it doesn't make me as tired as it used to, but right at the beginning, I mean, I was 
pretty much either having a reaction or sleeping. Um, my body was very, just, it hurt my lungs and my throat. It just took a lot out of me. So the, I would say the first couple of years, honestly, I really had to focus more on the physical as I've learned and kind of essentially have become now homebound. The amount of reactions that I'm having are a lot less, right? Which is good. That's, (laughs) that's why I stay at home. I don't want to keep having all of these allergic reactions, but then I had to, that's where the mental stuff kind of starts. Yeah. Let's talk about that. And yeah. So I, um, I have four kids. So when I got sick, Let's see. I think my youngest was three and my oldest was 10. And my husband was actually um, the bishop of our congregation (laughs) at that time, just barely called um, right when it all started. And so dad wasn't home a lot. (laughs) Yeah, busy. And mom was Benadryl on the couch a lot, which was really difficult. Um, So as time went on, I definitely it just got harder and harder to lose those things. And that's where the mental game started. So I, as I've had to kind of, you know, my daughters did competition dance, my boys played basketball, and I wasn't able to go watch them um, perform. That was so difficult for me and so difficult for them. Right, that would be So, hard. yeah, so at, I would say a couple of years into this, I sunk into a pretty deep depression which for somebody who has always been positive in their life and has tried really hard to kind of search for happiness and um, create ways for me to have it in my life. It was different. It's not something that I had ever experienced before. And no, no matter what I did, it feels like I couldn't get out of that place. Um, It was really hard mentally to feel like I was letting my, my kids down. I was letting my husband down. And honestly, that my life was so different than anything that I ever imagined. So I kind of call that time when I, when I sunk into my pit, (laughs) I was in a pit. I just feel like I was in this dark place and it took a while, but I think going back to my, my belief systems that I've had since I was a kid, I finally just decided, you know what? I have to create this happiness for myself. I have to choose to be happy. And I can't, I can't stay in this pit forever. This, you know, this health challenge in itself is hard enough for me and it's hard enough for my family, but adding on me not being able to function in life, you know, that's, that's not necessary. I can, I can change that, right? I can't change my allergies, but I can change my attitude. So I got to the point where I really did have to kind of conscientiously make that effort to get out of my pit. Right. Wow. You know, I know you mentioned, you know, it was actually in your bio where you're trying to use these things to become better instead of bitter. Yeah. So talk about that. Like, I'm sure that was a challenging time because again, you're so passionate about being happy and now you're being challenged like you've never been challenged before in your life. I mean, how did you not get bitter? I think I was. And I think that's why I've learned it's so important to not be that way. Okay. So when I was in my pit, Honestly, I was mad at Heavenly Father. I was like, do you know what? I have tried to be a good person my entire life. I have tried to serve you. I have tried to serve others. And I really have tried to be a force for good in this world. And I felt like 
you know, if we do those things, then that's going to protect us. And that's going to be like, okay, nothing bad can happen to me because I'm, I'm, I'm a good person, right? <laughs> I'm doing yeah. good things. And that's not the case. Everybody, like you said, everybody is going to, at one time in their life, ha find themselves having a really difficult time. That's just kind of the nature of life. Yeah. So I was bitter. I was sitting in that pit. I was mad at Heavenly Father. I was mad that my husband was gone all the time. I was mad that I couldn't be the mom that I wanted to be. And I was really mad. But then I just, I did, I had to choose. Like I, I just said, okay, bitterness is not helping me, right? This is not making my allergy go away. Sitting in my pit is not making life any better for me or for my family. And so I decided to kind of apply those same principles that I started doing when I was a kid. Um, some of the things that I had learned to do were to surround myself with goodness. And that's kind of hard when you're homebound, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I had to get creative, honestly. And so I, one of the things that's um, really been something helpful for me in my life is music, positive music, yeah. uplifting music. I play the piano. I used to sing. Um, I got a vocal scholarship to college, but I oh, actually, yeah. because of all of my reactions in my lungs and my throat, I can't sing anymore. So that's been really? difficult. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is tough. <laughs> but I can still play the piano and yeah. I can still listen to music and I can still surround myself. So that's kind of what I, when I was in my pit, I decided, okay, I'm going to surround myself with positivity. And I listened to good things like podcasts like yours. I listened, well, maybe not that far along, but now <laughs> sure. um, I listened, you know, read good books. I watched right. only, I got to that point where I didn't listen to regular radio. I didn't watch regular TV. I only surrounded myself with positive and uplifting things. Um, and that's kind of what started me in getting out of my pit. Right. That's, uh, you know, I love when you say I had to make a choice. And I think a lot of times we don't, we take for granted that we have that gift to make a decision, even in dark times, like you call it the pit, you know, that bitterness, even in those dark moments, we can still make a choice to go, you know what, I'm going to be happy, despite what I'm going through. And I think that's a good lesson, uh, lesson for me, obviously, and for our listeners to hear that from you that is that when you started feeling yourself, you know, changing, did things start to change for you? Kind of talk about what, what started to change in your life as you made that decision. You know what, I'm going to be happy moving forward through this. So the first step was surrounding myself with positivity. The second step was to start to be able to recognize the good that was in my life. I okay. think that mindset is so important and it's kind of like a buzzword right now and if i'm being honest like i've heard about life coaches and positive mindsets and i actually was kind of like what what is this i didn't really <laughs> understand it right i uh, didn't sure. but now that i've learned about it it is so amazing the power that you have by changing your mindset and applying some of these principles can really change your life like i said does it change that i'm allergic to things does it make me be able to go places? Nope, it doesn't change any of that. But I feel better yeah. because of the way that my mindset is. So the second thing that I did was to start a gratitude journal. And at the very beginning, I 
only could write one good thing every day. That's really all I could get, get myself to do. <laughs> and a lot of the days at the very beginning was, I didn't have a reaction today, <laughs> which right. is really good. But I was kind of like, that's all that sure. I could say good about my life, right? But then as time went on, I started challenging myself. Okay, now I've got to do three things that I'm grateful for every day. And then as I just kind of added upon those, I think once I started recognizing the good things that were happening in my life, after a while, I was able to see them when they were happening, right? Oh, I yeah. wasn't having to be at the end of the day thinking, okay, what's one good thing that happened to me today? Yeah. But I was able to see them when they were happening. And that was a game changer for me, really, to yeah. be able to see the good things that, that could come from it. And honestly, I, I've been living this quarantine pandemic lifestyle for 10 years. I have been doing this a lot longer than everybody else has. Wow. And so I totally get how people are feeling right now. Yeah. I totally get how hard it is to really lose so much of, of life that you're used to. To, to lose that social interaction, to lose that vacation that kind of was your positive thing that you'd always been looking for, yeah. forward to. And I think, um, I get it. I think so many people right now are ex in that exact place that I was in 10 years ago. Yeah. Would you recommend to people who are struggling right now to do a gratitude journal? For sure. I think, like I said, I think that that is a game changer for me. Um, I don't, do it as often now. It's not something that I still implement in my daily routine. But if I'm ever starting to feel more negative, if I'm ever starting to feel like life has been really, really difficult, um, then I go back to it. It's one yeah. of my things that I really start to implement. I've learned that if I can start to implement these things early when I'm not doing well, I'm not going to ever get back to that pit place. I'm not right. ever going to sink quite as low. I just need to kind of start recognizing when I'm struggling and do the things that I know are going to help me to feel better. Yeah. You know, I'm going to ask you a question. I think I already know the answer, but you've learned a lot of really great things through this trial period, if you will. Would you, if you could change it, would you go back and change anything? Like meaning... Would you change that you, you know, didn't have an allergy to peanuts? And yeah, I, I wouldn't. Um, that's come a long time for me to have to say to be able to say that. But um, I think the hardest <laughs> thing for me is not because of me, but I look at my my kids and my family, yeah. and so I I think that's where it gets me. Like, would I change it for them? But when I started writing in my gratitude journal some of the things that I noticed that I was grateful for were the lessons that it was actually teaching my kids. My kids have mm -hmm. a level of empathy that a lot of other kids don't have. And it's because they've seen me suffer and they've suffered themselves. Yeah. So they know what it's like to hurt. They know what it's like to not feel well. Um, if, some, if one of their friend's moms gets diagnosed with cancer, I think that they can, can see them in a completely different way than right. kids who didn't. Yeah. So at the beginning, I think I would have said that I would have changed it for them. But now that they're older, um, my oldest is 21. And my youngest is she's turning 14 on Monday. And um, nice. I really, that's hard for me to say, but even for them, I don't think that I would change it because I love 
the lessons that they've been able to learn through it. Wow, that's awesome, Carly. You know, it goes, I, I teach my clients this principle and it goes along with what you're just saying is life happens for us. And, and yeah, it's been tough, like you said, on you and especially your, you know, your family and your children. But look at what they've, they've gained and learned through this process. I mean, think about this. How bad does the world need empathy and compassion right now? Yeah. I mean, the, this planet is hurting right now. And boy, do we need a, just a dose of that. And if that's what your kids have gained from all of this, wow, lucky them, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. Thank, that is a, I'm so glad you shared that with us. Um, well, let's jump ahead just a little bit. I don't, I want to talk about, you just started a podcast called A Light in the Darkness. And why don't you tell us like, why did you start this? And what's kind of your platform and, and what are you, who are you trying to reach on this? So it's funny, we haven't talked about this yet, but you're actually a part of the story, which is so funny. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. This is news to me. So the past year, I have had this weird antsy feeling. I don't know if you've ever felt that before, where you're like, I know I'm supposed to do something, yeah. but you can't figure it out, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I'd be like, okay, is it this? And then that doesn't feel right. I actually thought about... Um, going back to school. So I actually got my degree in elementary education. Okay. I was a first grade teacher nice. and I can't, I can't go back to that. Right. I can't, yeah, schools are not true. safe for me. So that's not something. So as I've kind of been redefining what my life is going to look like as my kids are getting older and I, you know, soon they'll be gone and I, I need to yeah. figure out what, what I wanted to, to do with my life. And so I was thinking about maybe being a therapist, going to school, because there's so many like virtual therapy, especially right now. Yeah, really. Um, so just things like that, I kind of had thought about. Um, none of that felt right. I was doing different studying, different things, thought about, yeah, nothing felt right. <laughs> and then in February, you actually interviewed my best friend, Carrie Johnson, on oh, your yeah. podcast. Yeah, Carrie's and awesome. I had never heard a podcast before. I'd never listened to one <laughs> until February. And it seems so long ago. And that's crazy that now yeah. I have a podcast. Just this, you know, that's not a, a long amount of time. But right. um, <laughs> once I heard her on, she has such an amazing story. She's sure. an amazing person. She really <laughs> but is amazing. I am ended up binge listening to so many of your episodes and I loved Thank you. I loved the fact that you could share people's stories and that they could kind of share that positivity that that they have gotten from their own hard times right. and as I kind of had gone you know through things I kind of in the back of my mind kept feeling, okay, you need to start a podcast. That's what you've been feeling. And I didn't, right. a year ago, I didn't even know. I was, I mean, I knew there were things, but I didn't know about them. Right. <laughs> but after listening to yours, I just kind of in the back of my mind. And if I'm being honest, I kind of shoved it down. I was just like, no, that's weird. I'm not, you know, I'm not a podcast host. I'm not somebody, I just live in my house. I'm kind of homebound. And, um, I just didn't think that that was something that was important. And I, like you said, in my bio, I, six years ago had actually yeah. started a blog. So that's what I had really felt like I was supposed to focus on, um, sure. on my blog. It's definitely more faith-based. Like I said, um, that's one of the things that gets me through my hard times. And sure. so my vision is definitely a lot more higher power faith-based, um, gotcha. strategies. And so yeah. on my blog, I had just been kind of 
sharing the lessons that I had been taught through my trial. But kind of in the back of my mind, podcast had started. (laughs) So then when I finally was like, okay, if I'm going to start a podcast, what's it going to be? What should I do? And I just had decided that I know so many amazing people that have been through really hard things. Yeah. Um, my interview that's coming out next week is somebody who is actually kidnapped on his LDS mission. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. there are so many people that have, have been through these difficult things, just like me. And they have used them to become better instead right. of bitter. They decided, and they've all, everybody has had their pit. Everybody has that time where they're kind of mad and frustrated. But I love that they can teach teach us how to get out of that pit. So I started my podcast. I think I'm on episode 15 this week. Oh, and so That's it's awesome. new. <laughs> yeah. But I am loving it, doing yeah. it and getting to know these people. I am so blessed. Wow, I'm impressed. I, And I know what you're going through right now because I had the same feeling. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast. I know so many amazing people who have been through so many things and they've overcome I mean, this story needs to be told, right? Yeah. And so I, I remember when I had done like my first two or three, I'm like, well, okay, I've done three. Here we go. You know, <laughs> where is this going to go? And it's amazing how it'll just kind of snowball and keep growing. And, and I'm really happy for you that you're doing that because it gives you another way, another platform for you to reach another segment of, of the population out there that are listening just to podcasts now. And especially with, with the pandemic going on, I think, you know, podcast listening has gone up like, you know, a thousand percent. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I actually think that's, that's kind of when I stopped fighting it. Um, (laughs) So let's see, Carrie's episode was in February and then we got quarantined in about March. Right. Yeah. And so that's funny because it felt like forever that I was fighting it. Obviously, I guess I didn't fight it that long, (laughs) but I was looking and I just felt like, you know what, like I said, all of these people now are kind of experiencing life how I was experiencing life, how I have been for the past 10, 11 years. And I just felt like, you know, in addition to the guests that I'm sharing, I feel like I have things that I can teach people that I've been learning for a lot longer um, to kind of help us to get through this pandemic and quarantine and COVID-19 life that in a way that I think a lot of the world right now is feeling very bitter about COVID-19. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't blame them. It's hard, but I think that there's good for sure that can come from yeah. it too. Yeah. You and I were kind of talking that about that before we went live here, just about how it's been good uh, in a lot of ways. Um, obviously it's challenging in other ways, but uh, I think like you said, if we can find how this is going to make us better and not get bitter about certain things and uh you know, I love the gratitude piece that you talked about. I think gratitude is the most powerful stimulant on the planet. And I love that you were doing that, especially early on to kind of pull you out of that pit you were talking about. I think that's really cool that you were recognizing that gratitude is going to be one of the key things to get you going. Yeah, it's been, it's been a big deal for me. It's, it's really helped. Um, yeah. One more thing. Yeah, that- please. Is that okay? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> that I haven't talked about yet that I really, yeah, please. I think this is, so we kind of talked about the steps, right? So the first step was surrounding yep. myself with positivity. Second step was um, gratitude, recognizing the good that was coming in my life. And I think the, the last kind of key thing for me that keeps me in a good place. And I think this is something that I do every day 
Um, but it's service. And I know, I think so many people can, can think about that and it sounds weird, right? Like, how is it going to help me? I am having a really hard time. How is doing something for somebody else going to change that? Like it doesn't make sense. But just like I was talking about mindset, it's crazy. They're worse, but it does (laughs) like, and it doesn't, it doesn't take away my allergies. So it's not changing anything as far as physical things go, but I feel so much better. And I think that that service aspect of it is really kind of that final piece of the puzzle that has really just kind of made me be able to stay in this positive frame of mind for, I would say it's been about five years now that I've just been here since my pit and um, I'm not going back. Yes. No, I love that. And I'm glad you bring that up. I think service is key. Um, I know with the clients that I deal with, it's one of the biggest things that I push is that they need to get out of themselves and go do something to make a difference in someone else's life. Because I really believe that's why we go through it. I mean, I, I can honestly say this, Carly, I really believe that you went through all of that so you could actually do a podcast, that you could do a blog, that you could be sitting here talking to me today, and it's going to go out to hundreds, thousands of listeners, and they're going to hear this. I really believe you went all through that for those reasons and purposes to help inspire not only me, but everyone that's hearing your story right now. I think that's definitely one of the things that I put on my gratitude journal or my list of positivity yeah. is that when I can, it goes back to kind of that empathy. I think yeah. that when, when I experience something and honestly, I mean, as with everybody, I've got so many other parts of my story, right? I've experienced the loss of a sister by suicide. I've experienced, um, oh, our, wow. one of our sons got a traumatic brain injury and almost died and had a miraculous recovery. Um, I have infants that were hospitalized and sick. I mean, I think everybody just has all of these things in their lives that kind of, yeah. um, shape them like you were saying For sure. and i think that through all of those things my favorite part about going through them is because now i can help people in a way that i never would have been able to before yeah so when my best friend's dad passes away i know because i've lost my sister yeah. that the time that she needs me is not between when they pass away and the funeral. She doesn't need me to send her a casserole. And those are so, you know, helpful right. and things like that. Right. But so many people are doing that. And because I've experienced it, I know that the hard time after losing somebody is when everybody else goes on to their life yep. and you're here with your life completely changed. Exactly. I wouldn't know that if I hadn't been through my hard times. And so I think that's one of the the best parts about going through those difficulties is that we can help each other and serve each other in a completely different way because we know, we might not know exactly how they feel, but we know how we felt and it's probably pretty similar. Yeah, that's beautifully said. Thank you, Carly. That really is inspiring. You're amazing. Um, You know, if, if people want to get to listen to your podcast and, and, and read your blog and get to know more about you, what's the best way for them to do that? And where, where could you direct them to? So I do have a website. It's carlyrobison.org and it's spelled C-A-R-L-Y-R-O-B-I-S-O-N.org. And that has a link to my podcast on there. And then it has all of my blog posts. Um, 
it has all of my older ones and then I'm still okay. continuing. I've written a few since um, the pandemic started of just different kind of blog posts about what I've learned um, during right. my own quarantine and being <laughs> homebound and kind of, so I'm still writing on the blog as um, that's my voice, right? I'm, I'm kind yeah. of using the blog as, as my voice. And then the podcast can be found anywhere that you like to listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this one, just go ahead and find me. It's the go light in the darkness. You. And yeah, yeah so well, that's awesome. <laughs> if someone wanted to ask you a question or, you know, maybe get to know you even more, more than they'll know you now, what would be a good way for them to maybe send you a message? So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I okay. have a Twitter. I'm not the best at using that one. So <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to see it, it's probably um, best to go to Facebook or Instagram. And both of those are just a light in the darkness. Oh, okay. So yeah. That's wonderful. Great. Well, I, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule and being willing to sit down with me. Um, it's been my blessing to, to have you on. And I know that people, when they hear your story today and the things that you've been through and the principles that you teach are going to be, they're going to walk away from this fulfilled. So I, I can't thank you enough, Carly. Thank you. I appreciate it. You betcha. Well, there you go, guys. Another, I told you, another amazing guest today, Carly Robison. Please reach out to her, check out her website, and for sure, check out her podcast, A Light in the Darkness. And thank you for joining us today. If you know someone who's struggling, who feels like they're in a pit and they're, they've been bitter because of some challenges that have you know, fallen upon them, have them listen to Carly's story because she points out in a very simplistic yet powerful way on how to get out of there. So there you go, guys. Thank you for your time. And Carly, once again, thanks for joining us. And uh, keep on uh, sharing your light to the world. Thank you. You betcha. Thanks so much, guys. Till next time.